Hi, I'm Bill Arnold. Thank you for listening to this podcast. There are many more podcasts available at MyFaithRadio.com. Your support makes this possible. Thank you. You are not alone. I know sometimes it feels like you're just doing your best to to hold it all together. And I want to remind you that you are here listening to Faith Radio for us to tell you that you're not alone and to remind you of God's promise, one of my favorite in the Bible. He says, I will never leave you and I will never abandon you. This is Afternoons with Bill Arnold. I'm Ben. I'm here with Wyatt, who you know, and Pastor David Miles. How are you, sir? I am doing good, Ben. You know, it's always a great day to be able to be with our Faith Radio family Mm. and uh, and to, you know, turn to a God who is faithful and loves us and gives us encouragement. And, you know, it's great that we can be real Mm. about what we're what we're feeling and the things that are happening in our society and know that we we have a sure foundation. Mm. Amen. Uh, We've been having conversations off the air um, with Pastor David Miles and then just as Faith Radio family members and team members here at the radio station. And at any point, if you are, are listening to this conversation today and and you feel lonely, I know there are 77% of Americans who self-identify as lonely. It's just, it's crazy. That's, that's three quarters of the population who are struggling with loneliness right now. Text the word lonely to 877-933-2484. And Carmen LaBurge from Mornings with Carmen will text you every couple of days. Yes. She'll pray with you. She'll encourage you. Um, she'll comfort you. She'll share Bible verses and songs. And uh, it's really it's really um, on our heart to really pay attention to people that are feeling uh, vulnerable and lonely. And so we might have some hard conversations today with Pastor David Miles. Um, and if you're listening right now at, at just this right time, we believe you're here for a reason. So um, let's just talk about hopelessness. I mean, sometimes it's just a really hard conversation to have, but I th- feel like we're called to have these conversations, and we just happen to have them in front of thousands of people all at once on the radio. Right. And, you know, here's the thing. Um, it's important to do so, and, and even like talking about hopelessness and bringing uh, moving away from the stigma of it because – Sometimes people feel great guilt or shame or even fear. Like if I don't like have that perfect fake book, I'm I'm sorry, Facebook picture or insanity gram, you know, which basically like our family just spent like three hours together fighting, but we managed to get that 0.5 seconds to take this picture. And people are thinking my life needs to be a certain way. There are sometimes, you know, a little bit, you know, worried about opening up about something, especially like a topic about this. Mm, because it shows a weakness. It shows a vulnerability. And we live in a culture, Pastor Miles, you know just as well as we do, that we don't show weakness. Um, we don't want anybody to know that we don't have all the answers. We don't have it all put together. We don't have the, the perfect picture. We don't have the perfect <laughs> life. We don't, you know, behind this like perfect veneer, but it takes such energy to keep up with that while you're crumbling inside trying to to keep up with the story. Yeah, right? you're, and we're trying to keep up with the story because we look out and we kind of see this, like, facade. Right. And, um, you know, one of the things that I've been really super privileged to do is, you know, to teach at Northwestern since 2018. 
And, you know, having my students and opening up and having conversations in class. And eventually, like, I'll share a little bit about my story. Um, and I'll share with my students about my own failed suicide attempt as a sophomore in high school. And usually, like, you can even see in the class, like, people are, like, you know, might be talking, and all of a sudden it's like, you said what? And I'm just like, yeah, don't let the suit coat fool you. Like, and people aren't expecting that because they're expecting, oh, you must have it all together, especially as a big person. Of course you have all things together, and you'd never, ever had any struggles in life. And it's like, no. And so that degree of even vulnerability actually opens up the door for others to feel. Uh, vulnerable as well. Because Ben, one of the things is, and this is something that even the enemy of our soul wants to whisper, you're the only one. You're the only one. You can't say anything like people are just going to think like, (gasps) you know, and that's not true. Right. Pastor David Miles on Afternoons with Bill Arnold here on Faith Radio, having a conversation. And I just want to let you know too, um, the suicide hotline number, there is a three digit code. Mm -hmm. 988, correct? That is correct. 988, and then just hit send. If yep. you are having these thoughts or these feelings, um, if you're hearing the voice that is, you're the only one, you're alone, and you're battling this, and you're listening to this, please call 988 and hit the send button right now. It is so important. Um, you know, the the same thoughts, you're worthless, nobody will miss you, um, you're... Um, you're no good at what you do. All of these, all of these things mm-hmm. are lies from the devil. Those are not things that God is telling you. No, because right? the devil, you know, John 10, 10 says he came to steal, kill, and destroy. Right. Like that, that's his, you know, purpose is to do that. And he kind of feeds these, these things. I remember, you know, years ago um, going to see a former leader and friend in the hospital who had actually went through something as severe as this. Mm-hmm. And um, and and they were saying to me, they're like, you know, I, I don't know, this, this thought just entered into my mind that my family's better off without me, mm. you know, and they, it, yeah, I mean, and so that's at the more, ex- you know, extreme part and still very, you know, important. And again, if you're, if you're thinking through pondering this, please call 988, you know, please, 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 you know, as a person um, who survived that, and experience the goodness of God. And by the way, life has not been perfect since that moment. So let's not get that part twisted. Life is not perfect, but we have a perfect God who cares. But I remember this leader telling me, they were like, you know what? I just thought I was, you know, my family would be better off with me. And they're kind of like, weren't even fully thinking. And it was like, what? You know, they were just like, just feeling overwhelmed. And so there are these things like overwhelmed. There are these things like depressed. There's anxiety. You know, Ben, you talked about how 77%. I mean, that is over three out of four people. And last year for the 2023 CDC report for teen mental wellness had found that 57% of all teen girls reported persistent sadness Mm. and hopelessness. That's awful. So, like, those are, those are our, our, our students. 22% seriously considered ending their life. 18% made a plan. 10% attempted. 3%, like myself, required medical care. And so, you know, it's led me to be on the board of, of a group called Treehouse, where their goal is ending hopelessness among teens. I mean, like, working with people. And one of the things is 
Kids will come because they feel that it's a safe place. Here's the thing. God wants us to be a place that people can also come to, perfectly imperfect. And sometimes we think if I'm not perfect, no, actually it's our warts and our bruises, and it's it's the fact that we don't have it all together, but we know a God who is all together that makes all the difference. Yeah, vulnerability, like you said, it's not a weakness. And when you are able to share your story or share what you've been through like you do, David, you're empowering other people to come forward as well and to take that step. And you're sharing the love of Jesus. Mm -hmm. God has given you a ministry through the experience. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And one of the things that, you know, guys, honestly, like what I I do right now is I actually have been speaking more on this issue. You know, I've done it with youth and adults and church and camp and things like that, but also have spoken at schools, you know, and if people want to find out more, you know, one David Miles, M-Y-L-E-S dot com. And like, guys, I'm open like right now. I have, I have some slots where I would happily come for free to talk to a school or to a group and just ask that they, hey, that they give me feedback. And if if it's impactful to their students, you know, leave a killer review. I mean, like, literally. Because it's, it's the, it's, oh, you guys, like, sitting um, last year with some middle school students and sharing and watching these kids. And I had this little girl, you know, out in, in a rural community and, like, you know, came up to me just sweet as a button. And she was kind of staying behind. And she comes up and she's like, I can't believe you talked about this today. I can't believe that that's your story. And she said, oh, guys, this is a seventh grader. She's like, two Sundays ago, my 10-year-old brother broke in on me as I was mm. looking at ending my life. And as I'll tell students, I'll say, guys, listen, I believe that God gave me a second chance at life, gave me borrowed breaths to let you know how much he loves you. Amen. To let you know that you are capable, worthwhile, you know, and lovable. And sometimes people don't feel lovable. But guys, listen, um, I'm one person. So there's a way of which God wants to use all of us Mm. um, in each other's life. And you know, Ben, you know what I'm thinking is something that is kind of something we do every day that would be a great vehicle? Texting. Mm. So, like, right now, there are 8.4 trillion texts that go out a year, 23 billion a day, 958 million per hour, 16 million per minute, and 270,000 per second. I just got one in my pocket right now. I I literally just got... Yeah. How can we use text messages to provide hope for people? Well, I love to share... um, Something that just recently happened. Someone that my wife and I know, they were going through some things uh, with one of the spouses having a medical thing. And they actually weren't really sure what it was. But one day my wife just decided and felt prompted to send this person a text and just say, hey, I'm praying for you and your spouse right now. And they literally were like, we need all the help we can get. And then later on, you know, they were able to sit down with it, but their medical team, but it was very encouraging to them. 
And what was interesting about it is this person then asked my, my, my wife and said, hey, do you think Dave would be willing just to sit down and talk? And I was like, absolutely. And, you know, had a wonderful conversation. And, you know, I love the words of this person because they said, I feel like I'm trying to hold everything together. I'm trying to be strong for everyone else around me. But then when I'm leaving, I'm breaking down and I don't know what, where to go. I don't know what to do. I, I, sometimes people just want to talk things out. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we ended up having this fascinating and just really great conversation and just loving on this person. But it happened because of a text message. That's so amazing. Um, we're going to take a break. Pastor David Miles here on Afternoons with Bill Arnold. My name is Ben. You're listening to Faith Radio. But I am fully on board with this changing somebody's life with a text message. I want to share with you what I do every morning. And it's literally as simple as like smiling to somebody and holding the door at the grocery store. But you have five, ten minutes in the morning. Just send a couple of texts. Um, I'll share with you what I do, and I can't wait to hear more. Because literally, you send hundreds of them, maybe a day, thousands of them, maybe a day, the amount of time that we're on our phones. And it can take just one text message to change somebody's, the trajectory of of their day or maybe even of of their life. This is Afternoons with Bill Arnold. Dr. David Miles is our guest today on Faith Radio. Oh, life can be filled with distractions. I saw a survey that said the average person will look at their phone 320 times a day. This Lent, let's take a moment to step away from all the distractions and let's read the Bible together. You can start this wonderful program called Reading the Bible Together with Us, and you can learn how to better connect with God through His Word and through studying ancient disciplines practiced by Jesus himself. You can sign up for this free study now at myfaithradio.com. Let's spend this season of Lent focusing on our Savior, on the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus, and what fuels our minds and our hearts to be more devoted followers of Jesus. Again, sign up for the free study now at myfaithradio.com. You have the power to change somebody's day by sending a simple text message. It's crazy to think about. This is Afternoons with Bill Arnold. My name is Ben, and Dr. David, uh, I almost called you Dr. David Jeremiah, which um, <laughs> David, Pastor David Miles is, is with us on Afternoons. It's been one of those days. Yes. Um, Great but, preacher, by yes. the way. <laughs> on Love Faith it. Radio every morning and in the evening as well. But um, we're talking about the power of the text, and during the break we were talking about how the power of the text um, and how God used the text, his word from the beginning of time. Right. And, and now how we have the power of text messages, something that's in our pocket right now, it literally just went again in my pocket and it's almost surgically attached to my, my hand at all times. Mm -hmm. Right. But you can change somebody's day. You can show up. God can lead you. The Holy spirit can give you this nudge and put maybe David miles on my heart. Yep. Reach in and text. Reaching and text. Reaching and text. And the power of that, it will, will blow somebody away uh, every morning. 
I try to text three to five people. And sometimes I get a little carried away. Sometimes I go through all the A's or all the B's. And here's what I text them. I love you, praying you have a good day. That's it. And you wouldn't believe the conversations that that starts with people. 99.9% of the time, they text back. Sometimes they don't. Mm -hmm. But you're planting a seed. Mm -hmm. I'm saying this to Christians, non-Christians, like people I've worked with 20, 30 years ago, um, with the opportunity to just be able to love them. Mm -hmm. Especially with the fact that we know that 77% of Americans say that they identify as lonely. Right. That they feel broken, they feel alone or hopeless. But here's an opportunity for me to just take a couple of seconds to just remind them that, no, they are loved. They are being prayed for. Um, The power of a text is so important. If you can do that today, you don't have to text all the A's or the the D's or the F's or whatever in your phone book. But if somebody, God has placed somebody on your heart, would you send them a text today? Yes. Just do it. Send it right. I mean, like, guys, it's amazing. And sometimes it's like, oh, you're like, what do I say? First of all, I just want to encourage you, like you're doing, uh, listen to the Holy Spirit. Because it's amazing sometimes when you send something and you're just kind of like, it seemed like this innocuous thing, how big of an issue it is. Sometimes, hey, like take some good ideas that you may have, copy them and put them in your Google Notes or your Apple Notes or your Android Note thing um, that you you want to share. Well, Dave, I'm going to be sharing something that's, you know, it's just like printed and like, is it really going to have any meaning? I don't know. Hymns are printed. We read and sing those. Do they still impact you, though they're hundreds of years old? Yes. You know, so they they do. Um, One of my favorite things I love telling students is this. My locker mate in, in high school who invited me to student venture, this is literally, and like when I talk to students, I'll even tell them. I'll make them time this. I'm standing at my locker. Lance walks up. He does this thing. He turns and walks away. He turns around. And he says, hey, David. I said, yeah. What are you doing on Thursday? Nothing. You want to come with me to the student group? Yeah. Whoa, was that just so theologically profound? <laughs> I mean, like, was, was there like some sort of Greek verb or Hebrew clause in that? Uh, no. And, and then one of the things I explained, I'm, guys, I'm like, guys, it was another 15-year-old who's spoken to my life. Yeah. So like you be you because there's not another one of you and you being you and talking into the lives of people around you. And here's the thing, people, people are watching. I mean, like I had a neighbor who said to me one time we were chatting and he's like, Hey, I want to ask you a question. I said, sure. And he goes, I hope this doesn't seem like silly. I said, no. And he's like, he goes, because you're, you and your wife are so caring. Like, I love your family, your kids, you know? And I'm like, yeah, we, you know, we're, we're jacked up, you know? Like, and they're <laughs> like, no, but, you know, because I was laughing because one night I had, was weed whacking trying to get some work done, and he came out, and it had gotten dark, and he's like, hey, Dave, I'm, I'm trying to put our baby to sleep. And I'm like, and I'm like, yeah, so there, I'm jacked up. I'm your neighbor who's weed whacking late <laughs> at night. So, but the person said, you know, you guys are encouraging. You care. Mm. You stop and talk to us. They notice you. Okay? Yeah. But all those things that we're talking about, Ben, what you're saying, people feel lonely. So sometimes us just taking a moment, mm. sometimes to say the smallest things. Mm. 
and come alongside people is just such a wow Mm. moment for them. And you might not, to your point, Ben, when you text people in the morning, sometimes, okay, occasionally they don't respond, right? You may not see the impact right away, but it still might be working in their lives behind Mm -hmm. the scenes, right? It might get them thinking. It might put that thought into their mind. So you might not see the fruit of that immediately, but if God's put it on your heart, there's a reason. And it is going to pay dividends down the road. And Wyatt, I love how you say this because scripture actually speaks to this very thing. Isaiah 55, 11. So shall my word be that it goes out from my mouth. It shall not return to me empty, but it shall accomplish that which I purposed and shall succeed in the thing for which I sent it. You know, and God's, you know, God talks about his word going forth. And sometimes you don't have to use chapter and, and verse because like in some you know, public schools, you you can't. Um, but as I'm talking with students, I've had people come up afterwards and they're like, you know God, don't you? Mm. I, I haven't quoted I a tell. verse. I, I can tell. You've yeah. heard that before. I, I've heard that before. Wyatt, you've heard that yeah. before. I can tell that you love Jesus. Yeah. And so so you're you're able to do that. And you, I love even in the New Testament, I think it's Second Peter 1 or 1 Peter 1, where Peter's talking about God delivering his word. And he says how God moved in and through people, though they were writing, but they were moved and led by the Spirit of God. And so, like, God wants to use you. And it's so fun when you're sitting there saying, Lord, what should I text? And then you send something and someone comes back to you. Sometimes they don't say anything. Sometimes they'll come back and say, how is it that you were reading my mail? And you're like, what are you talking about? How did, you, don't, you don't understand. I, and I've had people say, literally, I was just saying, God, if you're real, God, if you care. Mm. And literally, I just hit the period and ding, my phone went. Or I got the email. Mm. Or I, I went out to my mailbox and I pulled up in my mail and there's a little card or a little note from you. And God has a way in his timing uh, of doing things. And because our world has so much negativity right now, being able to share God's good news and be God's good news with flesh and blood on is just, it's such a rich time. Right. David Miles on Faith Radio Afternoons with Bill Arnold. I'm Ben. How awesome is it to even, I mean, I feel empowered by sending those text messages. I ask God, God, what do you want me to send today? Who do you want me to send them mm-hmm. to? Please speak, and Wyatt hears it all the time, speak my words, think my thoughts, God, my actions, all of those things. Um, but how, what an opportunity, what a privilege to be used by God to show up in these situations in ways, and there are times where I feel like the spiritual warfare is trying to get me not to send. Yeah. Or don't say, don't say, I'm praying you have a good day. Just say hope. Yeah. Because you don't want to offend anybody. Um, and there are, but as you press through and trust God, I mean, I just right here, uh, Philippians 4, 6. Don't be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. God, help me get through that. Mm-hmm. Help me to show up. Help me to do great things in your name. What do you want me to do today? And every morning, uh, a friend of ours uh, told us that he prays this, and I started praying it. God, would you put me in somebody's life today that so desperately needs you? And would you put somebody in my life to help me remember how amazing you are? And there are so many times where I'll have a phone call with somebody and I go, you're an answer to my prayer. Right. God sent you to me. Right. And I want to be that for other people. And here's how serious God is about this. 
One of the most quoted prophets in the New Testament is Isaiah. And there's a verse I absolutely love. And it's Isaiah 50, chapter 50, verse 4. And it says this, The Lord God has given me the tongue of those who are taught. Listen, that I may know how to sustain with a word him who is weary. Morning by morning he awakens. He awakens my ear to hear as those who are taught. So like literally God wants to, you know, because here's one of the things, guys, listening family, we want you to grow in Jesus. Like we're very much committed to you growing in your discipleship with Christ and encouraging others onto it. And so here's the thing. God literally wants to meet with you in his word, in prayer, in silence, to literally give you a word to sustain someone who's weary. And guys, as you guys were sharing over break and, you know, countless as people are listening, think back of all the different times where like, you're like, why am I reading this? Or like this, I heard this thing and why? And all of a sudden, like you meet someone and they're like, man, I, I got this problem. Really? What, what is it? Well, I, I just don't know what to do about. And what they just said is literally hmm. your quiet time this morning. It's literally what you listen to on faith radio and you just turned off your keys and you walked in and saw someone that you hadn't seen and you're like, how you're doing? And they're just like, yeah, I'm feeling lonely. And right now, because Jesus is cool, you can say, hey, go to faith radio, myfaithradio.com, and you can go and listen to a message on loneliness. And we get to tell you it's because God is cool and he loves you. He knows your address. He really does know you and loves you, and he wants to let you know how much he cares. And you're listening to this right now with people that God has done some really neat things in our life, and we're perfectly imperfect. If anything we're perfect at, guys, are we not perfectly imperfect? Amen. <laughs> okay? And so he took people tore up from the floor up to just want to say this message to you, that in your loneliness there's a God who says, I want to know you, and I want you to know me. And he wants to use you, too. He has a plan and a purpose for you. He really does. Pastor David Miles, thank you for the time that you've shared with us today on Afternoons with Bill Arnold. I know um, you have a website. It's the number one. Yep. David Miles, M-Y-L-E-S. Correct. Dot com. So if there is anything that you heard today, um, the invitations to come out and speak at schools, whatever it is, go to the number one, David Miles, M-Y-L-E-S dot com. Correct. Pastor David Miles, thank you, sir. Appreciate thank the Thank you, Ben. Thank you, Wyatt. You guys are you guys are awesome. Mm. Good to have you, Ben. You're awesome. We love you dearly. Love you too. This is Faith Radio. This is Afternoons with Bill Arnold on Faith Radio. Hi, my name is Ben, and we're about to talk to Joe, Joe Oden. He's written a book. It's called Prayer That Ignites Revival, the catalyst to every spiritual awakening. And if you have questions, text him, 877-933-2484. Joe has traveled the nations for 25 years, believing God for revival, awakening, mobilizing the church to reach the lost. Doesn't that sound like something that God has placed on your heart, too? 
He's the National Prayer and Evangelism Director for the Assemblies of God and the Evangelism Commission Chairman for PCCNA. Written so many books, but this is the one we're talking about today. Prayer That Ignites Revival. Joe, welcome to Afternoons with Bill Arnold. Hey, Bill. Thank you so much for having me today. Yeah, absolutely. So, Prayer That Ignites Revival. Let's just define the word revival and what we're hoping to ignite. Yeah, that's a great question. So, I would say revival um, and awakening are two different, uh, really, vocabulary words. And when we're talking about revival, we're talking about people that know Christ, that have grown cold, lukewarm, or a bit apathetic concerning the things of God, such as their prayer life, sharing the gospel, their fervency, their love for God, their worship. And and when I talk about revival, when I think of revival, I think of the believer being reignited with a fresh anointing, the presence of God stirring once again in their life and and returning to Christ um, in a sense with everything on the inside of them and a heightened presence and felt power of Christ and the Holy Spirit in their midst. Mm. That could be people listening to us speak this very moment. Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. So this book, Prayer That Ignites Revival, um, so relevant for this moment in church history because there are so many people that you just described who are either going through the motions or not going to church with other people uh, after COVID, they just never went back. Yep. Maybe they're struggling, Joe, with with church hurt that's keeping them from being with, with other people in their relationship with the churches maybe grown cold. We're praying for them too. You, you better believe it. And, you know, I mean, this isn't the topic, but one thing that is for sure, when, you know, when people read the Bible today, a lot of times they read it in regards to them personally, like like the Apostle Paul is writing to me. Well, Paul wrote to churches. <laughs> he wrote to, to the church of Corinth, to the church of Philippi, to the church of Galicia, and to the, the church of Thessalonica. Discipleship needs to be done in a body of believers. It was never meant to be a solo and westernized online thing that we do in our pajamas <laughs> on a Sunday morning or a Wednesday, discipleship takes place around people who see your flaws and can help you overcome and to speak into your life. It's not just a one-on-one watching a sermon. So, you know, if people were connected to church and they're not, they need a personal revival because the church, in all of its blemishes, it's still the bride of Christ. It's still God's plan for the earth today. So to reject the church is like someone rejecting someone's wife. And even if it's flawed, it's still God's plan. So I, I'm a I'm a big local church individual. I don't pastor a church. I'm an evangelist full-time but everything that God does is birth, sustained, and maintained in the local church. Mm. Revival's really played an integral role in your own story. You were at the, the Brownsville Revival. Can you share about your transformation there and what you experienced? 
Yeah, you know, long story short, I was a drug addict and a drug dealer and was uh, overdosing on LSD, flipped through the stations, uh, stopped on TBN, contemplating going to the emergency room. There was a man preaching by the name of Jeff Finholt, and he said these words. He said, there's some young people that's watching this program and you're hooked on drugs. You're in a deep, dark cave of drug addiction. But I got good news for you. Jesus Christ is in the cave with you. And not only is in the cave, uh, but he's going to bring you out. He's going to set you free and you're going to preach the gospel around the United States of America. When he said that, the power of God hit me in that lazy boy chair. I was instantly sobered off the drug. I didn't get saved right then and there, but I did a couple of things. And to make a long story short, I prayed every night that God will get me in church. I was in and out of jail. The last time the judge put me in, he put me in for a year, let me out much earlier. And he starts going over my probation. He said, you got to go to NAAA. And then he said something that changed my life. He said, you got to go to church on Sunday and get the bulletin signed by the pastor. I'm going to put you in jail for a year. So God answered my prayer as a drug addict, drug dealer. I began to go to a little assembly of God church called Tanner Williams in Southern Alabama, right outside of Mobile. And six months in, a team from the Brownsville Revival, if the audience isn't familiar with this, it's a revival that took place from 1995 to 2000, where millions of people came to a little seaside church called Brownsville Assembly of God in Pensacola, Florida. And in some accounts, note well over three, four, five hundred thousand people were saved in that five year span. A team from that revival came to that church and I got radically saved. I heard a man preach by the name of Bob Gladstone. You know, I'd heard people lecture, I'd heard sermons and songs and all kind of teaching, but I'd never I didn't need that. I didn't need funny. I didn't need the breakdown of the book of Greek. I didn't need better articulation. I didn't need a nice cappuccino at the end of the service to get me to come back the next week. I needed an anointing that breaks the yoke. I needed somebody to walk in the demonstration of the power of God. And when I witnessed that, I was radically saved, transformed, filled with the Holy Spirit, and never did drugs since, never drank since, immediately began to share the gospel. And, you know, the, the, I would say to the listeners that are tuned in right now, as they're driving, as they're listening in their apartment, as they're at their house, maybe at the workplace, maybe they're on a jog with their with their earbuds in. Look around. There are people that need Christ. And, and what's taking place in America today, good articulation, although we need that, charisma. If that were going to do it, we'd be in a move of God in America, but we're not. And the church needs a fresh anointing like that man had on his life. Uh, and that I aspire to carry to see God do something in America and the West today. Mm. Joe Oden is on Afternoons with Bill Arnold. My name is Ben. He's written this book called Prayer That Ignites Revival. And Joe, you say that the, the antidote to the moral decline of America is fervent prayer. What role does prayer play in revival? And would you pray for it for us right now? You, you bet. I mean, when you study, Ben, the history of revival, let's just look in America. I mean, um, and, and even historically in the book of Acts, uh, Acts 1, 14, they devoted themselves to prayer. Then there was Acts 2, the outpouring. Acts 2, 42, 
Luke says it again, they devoted themselves to prayer. Acts 3, 1, Peter's on his way to prayer and a man gets out of a wheelchair. At the end of Acts 4, they, they pray, God, use us to do signs and wonders. Acts 5, his shadow heals the sick. You know, all throughout Peter's ministry, every miracle and proclamation and salvation was connected to his prayer life. Fast forward, you know, in our context in the West, Azusa Street, it wasn't started by somebody that was a good articulator, that had a great education, that had intellectual prowess. You know, the Pentecostal movement around the world, which you could look at the Assemblies of God, Church of God, Foursquare, Pentecostal Church of God, the list goes on, Church of God in Christ. These movements were not started embryonically by a good preacher. They were started by an intercessor that prayed until something broke loose. And what encourages me today about praying for revival, you see it in the life of William J. Seymour. You see it in Charles Finney and Father Daniel Nash in the Second Great Awakening, the Hebrides revival with Duncan Campbell and the Smith sisters, the Welch revival with Evan Roberts. You see a remnant that caught a burden that looked at society and said, something needs to change. And if we keep doing the same thing we've been doing, we'll get the same results. And, you know, in America, um, you know, uh, I just think of what Jesus uh, was told by his disciples when they came to him and said, Jesus, we couldn't cast this demon out of this person. And he said, uh, the reason you can't, you've got to dedicate yourself to fasting and prayer. And that, that really is a place of prayer. If you're going to move this, you've got to go into prayer in a deeper level because what you're dealing with now your prayer life isn't adequate enough to move this stronghold. And I believe if we keep praying the same way we've been praying, America and the West is facing a level of devil and a level of bondage th that we've never seen before. And we've got to pray like we've never prayed before. And if we do, and if we really seek God and do not get discouraged like Seymour we will see a breakthrough, and I am more encouraged now as a Christian, as a leader, that we're on the brink of awakening because in my lifetime and as I've studied America, it's never been darker spiritually, and every time we see that, we see God breaking onto the scene. So, Lord, I pray right now for every listener, Lord, to that you would ignite their heart, that they can make a difference. Sometimes we look at the news and say, what can we do? Well, we can pray. We can seek you. Lord, you said, if my people who are called by my name would humble themselves and pray and turn from their wicked ways, Lord, that is a promise of God. That is an anchor. That's an anchor that every revivalist that ever saw God move held on to. Lord, you said, ask and you'll receive. Seek and you'll find. Knock and the door will be open. God, you said, go in the room, shut the door, and what you pray in private, I'll do publicly. These are promises. God, may everyone listening right now grab the promise of God. Take notes from yesteryear and cry out to God. John Wesley said this, I draw a circle in the sand and I stand in it and I ask God to send revival right there. Don't worry about your church. Don't worry about your neighbor. Say, God, send revival to my heart, my life, my sphere, my home, my apartment, my family. 
And I believe as we do that, Ben, we'll see revival in the church. Mm. Revival is on the horizon, Joe says. Joe Oden on Afternoons with Bill Arnold here on Faith Radio. Let's believe it. Let's pray it to our showers. God, send revival. Send revival today. We've been praying about revival. We've been talking about it. We've been talking about prayer that ignites revival with Joe Oden on Afternoons with Bill Arnold. And as you heard it from from Joe's mouth just a couple of minutes ago, he believes we are anticipating revival. We are waiting for an awakening here. So what should we expect? And it starts with us. We'll answer those two questions next on Faith Radio. Hi, I'm Bill Arnold. If you have questions about Jesus or want to chat with someone about it, text FAITH to 41224. That's text FAITH to 41224. And God bless you. We're praying for revival this afternoon on Afternoons with Bill Arnold on Faith Radio. My name is Ben. Joe Oden is our guest. Joe, let's get right back into it. You talked about a great awakening. You talked about the fact that we're on the precipice of, of a revival. What can we expect? What should we be looking out for? Well, I would say, what can you expect? Um, in, in revival, I was a part of the Brownsville revival. And in revival, you've got to be willing to change your schedule, huh. to take your hands off the wheel. Right. And to make room for it, I, I'm reminded of uh, in in uh, Kings, I believe it's first, second Kings two, four, I believe are, are two, eight, the Shumanite woman. She rearranged her schedule. She rearranged her house. She remodeled her house. The Bible says she built the room for Elisha, that dispensation of time. You know, the spirit of God wasn't poured out on all flesh. So, so, so different individuals carried an anointing, uh, a measure of the spirit upon them as prophets. And Elisha was one. So when he walked into a room, the atmosphere changed. When he walked into a city, the city shifted. And this dear woman understood something's on him that I've never felt before. And I don't want it to leave. So she made room for him. It caught it. She she put her finances in it, her time in it. She told her family, "Look, we, you know, we might not be able to go on this vacation. We might not be able to get this bass boat, this extra TV, or whatever. We're going to remodel our house so this man of God will stay here. So what's on him will fill our house. And so when revival comes, we've got to expect to rearrange our life to host the presence of God." And that's what you're talking about when you're talking about the next great move of God, right? Yeah, I would say we've got to be, you're saying, what should we expect? We should expect our lives to shift and to cater to hosting the presence of God. Mm. You, you know, I believe when great awakening comes as well, when it, if when revival and awakening manifests, uh, I, I'm reminded of a story in, in Nashville, Tennessee, that um, in the in the 1800s, where riverboat whiskey um, captains had gone out of business, not because they changed the law in the region, 
but everybody that drank whiskey got saved and they quit gambling. Therefore, the economy changed. Brothels went out of business. Sin decreased. When awakening comes, uh, you, you know, uh, you, you can read about it through the Welch revival, through the Hebrides revival. Police don't have anything to do, not because the law is so great, but because the conviction in men and women has come to a place to where the, the police aren't needed as much. And society changes, not through legislation, but because people get so right with God, uh, there's societal change from, from the government to school to every aspect of society. Joe Oden on Afternoons with Bill Arnold here on Faith Radio. Uh, before we go, I just want to remind our friends listening, um, you were at the Brownsville Revival, and Pastor John Kilpatrick said, never forget, revival doesn't start with a den denomination, a church, or a city. It always starts with an individual. Don't discount yourself. You play a big role in it. Joe, thank you for joining us on Afternoons with Bill Arnold today. Uh, the book is called Prayer That Ignites Revival. You can learn more. You can uh, interact with Joe at Joe Oden, J-O-E-O-D-E-N.com. And he's on all the social medias and, and YouTube and Facebook and Instagram. Joe, grateful for the time that you shared with us today. And keep serving the Lord with, with the zest that you have in your heart. Ben, it was my pleasure. Thank you for having me today. Mm. Bless you. As you listen to Faith Radio, I just want to remind you that we are a praying people here. You can always pray with us at MyFaithRadio.com. There's just a little link halfway down on the bottom right-hand side that says, Let us pray for you and with you, and you can pray for other people. You're always free to, to text 877-933-2484. You can call the Faith Line, that same phone number, 877-933-2484. We all want more Jesus. And so before we go uh, today, I just want to take some time. Why would you pray with us? Yeah. Um, Heavenly Father, thank you. Thank you for the time that we had today on the radio to tell people about you. Thank you for using us. It's <laughs> absolutely flabbergasted that you use Wyatt and myself, Bill, Susie, Carmen, um, you use imperfect people in imperfect situations to accomplish your perfect will. And as I look through the Bible and all the broken people that you used, God, we are praying with our whole hearts for a movement of you that leaves us in awe and wonder, that sweeps through the cities, our own hearts, our own families, our own neighborhoods, but certainly our country. Help us to do what you want us to do. Help us to show the whole world you. Help people to have to squint when they see us because they see your love beaming out of us. Help us to be salt and light in a world that is so dark. God, we need you. We so desperately need you. In Jesus' name we pray. Yeah, yeah. amen to that. And God, I just... Think about everybody who might be listening right now or is out there and they need prayer for something. They're struggling with something. They don't know where to turn. I just hope that they find you and pray that they find you. Maybe it's 
somebody who knows a friend that just is in a really tough place right now, feeling alone, feeling like it's hopeless. I think back to our conversation that we had earlier this hour with Pastor David Miles and just how encouraging people go such a long ways. Can you strengthen all of us to pray like we've never prayed before for friends, family, strangers, for everybody out there? Because we all have something we need prayer for. And we know that we're stronger together than we are separate. The devil wants us to be alone, but you call us to be together in community with one another, praying for each other, helping each other, picking each other up. So I just pray that we see that revival, that we do take action, that you give us the strength, the power, that you equip us with the necessary tools and the words to speak at the right time to the right people each and every day. And as we go about our separate ways tonight, that we can just pray like we've never Mm. prayed before. And not just for a day, but for a lifetime. Mm. That we wouldn't forget this, that we would remember there is power in prayer And there is a revival that is coming. Yeah, we just pray all of that in your mighty and powerful name, Jesus. Amen. Mm. And again, to your point, Ben, it's supposed to be done together. So if there's anybody that is thinking about prayer or they have been praying for something for a long time and they want somebody else to pray for it, we pray every week for people here Mm. at Faith Radio. Text us your requests. All we want to do is get together and pray. You can text them to 877-933-2484. You can learn more by going to MyFaithRadio.com as well. And what I always say, Ben, is there's no prayer request or need for prayer that's too big or too small. Mm -mm. Whatever is on your heart, God knows what's on your heart. He wants you to bring it to him. Don't worry about anything, but instead pray about everything. (sighs) Have a great night. We're praying for you. Thank you for praying for us. This is Afternoons with Bill Arnold on Faith Radio. Thanks for listening. Programming like this is made available through your support. Information available at MyFaithRadio.com.